welcome to Let's Talk Church. I'm Brian. And I'm Matt. We're here to talk about all that is going on in the church world. In this podcast, we find blog posts, articles, and vicious rumors about the church world, and we talk about it. All right, Matt, let's do it. Let's talk church. All right, Matt. Uh, it looks like we are we are here again. It's been another week. It's been a good week. I think we both got a lot of stuff done. I've been crazy busy all weekend. Got through uh, my Greek classes, so that's done for another week. I get to take a little bit of a break. How about you? Well, I've been uh, working on some home networking, put in some new networking stuff here at the house, and so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, at work, we've been making plans uh, for lots of big things coming in the future. Nice. Um Lots of big things. So I'm pretty happy about that. It's exciting. I do a lot of project management in my role now. And so I got a lot of that that I'm working on. Um, so that's that's been interesting. But I'm very happy to get together with you here. Uh, y'all, we often record this on Sunday nights. And we are recording. This is a Sunday night. But we sometimes life happens and we record a little later in the week. But this is a Sunday night. And I always enjoy our Sunday night chats. Um, yeah. Definitely. Listeners, we, we record this as much for ourselves as for anybody that's listening. <laughs> I was going to say, honestly, it's still at this point, we don't really, I mean, we've got quite a few listeners, but I don't think, uh, I don't think we're, we're doing it for them at this point. Right. It's, right. it's mostly for us. <laughs> Y'all just get the benefit from it. Um, well, let me tell you a little about this article we're yeah, going to talk about yeah, what's, this week. What's going on with this? I'm sorry. I said, what's going on with this? So the title of this article, this comes from Christianity Today. It's from the Jesus Creed blog by Scott McKnight. Um, oh, but this actual article is written by Mike Glenn. Um, And it says, Asking the Wrong Questions. That's the title. And basically, it starts off with some interesting numbers. It says, um, you know, right now in America, we have 10 million job openings but we have 8.4 million people without a job. So there's 1.6 million more jobs than we have people looking for jobs. And it kind of asks the question, you know, why is this? And it explains that, you know, just because there are job openings don't mean that's the right job for those people. May not, maybe it's a burger flipping job in Wisconsin and they're an electrical engineer in Southern California. Or maybe, and this is more likely, it's a programming job in New Hampshire, and they're a coal miner in eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, not every job is for every person, so it's it's not that simple. And he kind of uses that as a basis to make the point that it isn't that simple. And this this really applies to the church, too. Uh, there's a lot of jobs in the local church. And we don't necessarily have enough people to fill those jobs. Um, There's a lot of difference between a disciple. It says a disciple is very different from a church member. A church, a disciple may be a church member, but a church member doesn't have to be a disciple. Um, Let's start there. What do you think about what is a disciple versus a church member? How do you see that, Brian? A 
Yeah, he makes a, a good point. Yeah, that a, a disciple is maybe a church member, and even still, um, that leaves uh, some some wiggle room. Uh, but not every church member is a disciple, right? A disciple is one, and he even goes on to say, is one that understands the grand arc of salvation history and the ultimate purpose of God's heart that drives our evangelistic mission. Um, I, I agree with that statement as a first level, you know, a level one disciple, right? Is one that has understood the grand arc, but as you go deeper and deeper into a connection with God, there must be more than just understanding, right? Uh, so a disciple is one that, that also acts. You know, you look at uh, the four Gospels. The the original 12, I say the original, the the primary 12 were, were selected and they were brought on. And they understood almost immediately who Jesus was, right? But it wasn't until... Honestly, until until Pentecost, right after the resurrection and after the ascension of Christ to the throne, did they truly understand and take it all in? You know, I mean, even up to the the crucifixion, you know, most of them weren't there for that. They had run off. A couple of them had run away after the crucifixion and between the crucifixion and the resurrection, and came back. So they were, they understood, they, they knew it, they had it in their mind, but it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came in and said, look, this is, this is all absolutely 100% true. Did they, did it all click for them, right? And the moment that it all clicked, you see a drastic difference in how they proceeded to share the gospel, right? Well... I think it's important to note here, though, that their full understanding of all things godly and such still was not completely developed, even once that right. happened. Right. Yeah, that they, took they some still... time. But what yep. they did see, and this is what the author makes a mention of, um, he, he references a military thing. He says, in the military, they call this commander's intent. This means that every soldier in the unit understands the ultimate goal of the battle plan. That way, if the battle plan begins to fail, the soldier can adapt in order to still achieve the ultimate goal of the mission. The disciple understands the commander's intent of the Great Commission. So they didn't understand the Great Commission completely until the, the, the until Jesus ascended to heaven, right. until the end of Matthew there, where he gives them the Great Commission, where he tells them what they need to be doing. Um, that point you're talking about, where they, they got it, right? Absolutely. Before that, they were following Jesus, but how many times was he telling a story and he used parables and he told them about stuff and he basically said, look, you guys don't really understand. Right. You know? Yep. And they'd come back and be like, hey, wait, can you explain that to us again? <laughs> but I think it's important to mention here that even after that point, they stumbled and they had brash misunderstandings about things. They fought with each other, Peter and Paul, right? Um. 
and not fully understanding things sometimes, even after that. And, and I think that's important to recognize in disciples because we don't need everybody to be perfect in the church in order to be useful to the church. They just need to understand the mission. And I think that's something that successful churches in the kingdom often have a leader who can successfully, nowadays we use the word casting the vision, who can cast the vision and say, hey, this is where we're going. This is the purpose, right? And something we've been talking about more in culture recently, and we won't go way into this subject, but is about the accountability of leaders, right? A good disciple knows what the mission is beyond what their commander told them to do. Mm-hmm. So that's how we can hold our leadership uh, accountable because a good disciple will know what the mission is, even if the, the commander isn't there or the commander is saying the wrong things. The good disciple will know when they're getting the wrong things because they have worked so much to know what the ultimate goal of the mission is. And I think our churches, we work so hard sometimes in the general church sense to build numbers of people, butts in the pew, that we don't work as hard on building disciples. But I think the success of the church depends on building disciples. Yeah, you know, you know that was um, always one of my things, is I would much prefer to work with a group of five or ten guys that want to go deeper, that wants to do more, that want to fulfill the mission than to have a thousand people in the office or in the, in the room. Yeah. You know, Jesus did so much with 12 guys. <laughs> yeah. Changed the world. Uh, yes, of course it was Jesus who is God. So he could have done it without any of them, but he chose to do it through them. And the Roman Empire at the time, you know, it took it took a long time, but eventually, the most pagan of empires, you know, in in quite a while, uh, became Christian. You know, it was it changed at the base, uh, all because these twelve guys said, "We're going to follow the instructions that we were given." It's pretty awesome. Um, discipleship is such a key, a key thing to to building up the church, to building up the kingdom. And honestly, it's it's something that I've failed at at times. I've been at churches that really fail at that. Um, and. I, I don't really understand why other than that mentality that he started with, you know, as being, we were too concerned with attendance, not concerned with disciples. Yeah. And sometimes you just, I've seen churches that start off concerned with disciples. And when you are concerned with discipleship, attendance will come. So then mm-hmm. once attendance comes, they start working more towards on making attendance happen on expanding that discipleship see the best leaders are people who create other leaders absolutely you take any successful pastor any successful pastor and i guarantee you 
they will have that that's long-term successful. They will have a group of other people that they are training to be leaders. Um, that's a requirement for that success, you know, uh, to last. And I think so many times, uh, the, the church in general fails on that. And I agree with you there. I've, I've also failed sometimes in that in both helping other people and accepting the help myself sometimes, you know, um, I, I think that's really the, the key, but on the other hand, he makes another good point in the article here. He goes on and he talks about he's been the pastor of a church for 30 years and the skills he used in year one is nothing like the skills he uses in year 30. He talks about how we've got this technology that's happened in the last several years. I mean, I think a lot of people don't think about it, but you know, the iPhone came out in 2007, right? It's only yeah. 2021. That's not that many years. Now people have a smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or not, people have a smartphone in their hand a good chunk of their life. A couple weeks ago, Facebook went down for six hours. We didn't have mass rioting in the streets, but there was definite change and effect on our culture because so many people are involved in either Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp there were countries around the world where people couldn't make payments on for things and couldn't communicate with each other because they used WhatsApp for all that. It was very, uh, very affected things here in the United States. Even uh, there are businesses that lost thousands and thousands of dollars because they were down for a few hours. Technology has changed a lot in the last several years. And that's a whole other podcast episode. I don't know that it's changed for the better per se, which is ironic because I know you agree with me on that. And we both work in technology, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. it's kind of one of those, Oh Lord, what did we create here? Um, and I mean that not in vain, but exactly. Oh Lord, what did we create? But anyways, that's another subject, but it's changed a lot. <clears throat> and being able to utilize that is helpful. Being able to understand things in our culture is helpful. So he mentions that the church changes over time and some churches change more than others. But even churches that follow a very strong tradition have a history they can look back on and say, here's when this happened in the church and when that happened in the church, you know? If anything, maybe they document it a little better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I... Um, you know, I, I, I gave a talk at a conference. Oh, I don't know three years ago now. Um, and we, we talked about that change, right? That, that we have to be willing to um, change the way that we're reaching people, change the way that we're, we're getting out. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, it's, it's a dangerous game, right? To talk about change. Because there are some churches and and groups that are willing to change themselves to match the culture. The fundamentals. Right. They're willing to give up the gospel if it gets exactly. more people in the seats. If it gets more people in the seats. And if they if they even those that feel like it makes more community, right? Because they're focused on discipleship. Um so 
the word change is very, uh, it's very nuanced, right? And I think we have to be cautious of using that word. Um, we, we could say, you know, that we're willing to, like he says, we're willing to refocus, right? To point to different gadgets, right? And, and methodologies to do things, but we should never really change, right? We, we can take a different path, but we're still going to the same destination. Um, destination changes with that change in path. And so and I, there's, I, there's that thing that we was talking about earlier about knowing what the, what the, what the end is, what the mission is, right? right? If you know the mission, you can get there in different ways. We got to take this hill. You could do it straight on and you could come around the sides and split up or go around the back. Right. Right. Um, if our mission is to see souls saved, our mission is to tell people about Jesus. Well, you know, early in a church, when we plant a church in a neighborhood, it might be that we're going to all the coffee shops or we're going to the bars and that's where we're meeting people and we're, we're, we're connecting with folks. And then as the neighborhood changes over the years, we're going to the senior center, you know, mm -hmm. and we're spending our time at the senior center playing games with seniors and building relationships with seniors. That may be way different than what we did when we started the church originally, but we still have the same mission. We're right. still here to share Jesus, right? And that, that's not even using technology or not using technology. Or maybe we started at the senior center and now we've built some disciples and we have more, more workers. So we expand out from the senior center. We still have the same mission. We're still here to tell people about Jesus. We're still here to see souls saved. But now instead of just going to the senior center, we add on and now we have a soup kitchen, mm. you know, yeah. now we've got uh, two different worship services or two different styles. And it's not about filling the seats, but it's about giving an opportunity for us to meet and talk to people, you know, so that we can have that one-on-one -on -one time. Uh, that's one of the missions I see in my head a lot. I'm always wanting to be able to find that one-on-one -on -one time to talk to somebody, you know, to, to tell them about Jesus. And, um, you know, if that's your mission, that's what you're trying to do. There can be more than one way to, to approach that. Right. Yeah. There's, there's different approaches, but in the end it's, it's still the same. Yeah. But if you, if you change what you're trying to get to, so say we started off at the senior center and then we decide, you know what, we really want to get a lot more young people in the church. Well, if your goal is to just get more young people in the church, so you start doing some giveaways and giving away hoverboards and things. Um, I'm going to step on some toes here. Yeah. Giving away hoverboards and things to get, get the young kids in the church. That's not good if you're doing it just so you can get them in there. Right. You know, if you say, you know what, we did that. We, you got you to focus on what the ultimate mission is. And I think a good leader can help keep the church focused on that. So a good pastor is somebody who can cast the vision well consistently and over time, even as, as maybe the means of getting there changes. Things are going to change in our culture, and I think it's okay for a church to adapt to culture to some extent, but we have to remember that in the end, we are not part of this culture, and we're, we're really looking at something that's different. Um, I think that in America, we got too complacent with a culture Christianity. I think just as many people went to hell in a cultural Christianity 
as people are going to go to hell in post Christian post Christianity where we're going into now. Right. You know, I don't think the culture of Christianity saved anybody. Um, so things are changing, but our mission's still the same. Yeah. And that, and that makes it difficult. Um, which is why we see so many, um, postmodern contemporary churches changing more than just their technique, right? They're changing actual beliefs, right? They're changing things that, that matter, um, trying to stay relevant and it's hard. It's, it is so definitely hard to maintain the mission as it was given 2000 years ago. Well, and sometimes we need to change some beliefs because we were wrong and we might have been wrong for 500 years. And I know that's a controversial statement there to some folks. And most folks who listen to this know I'm pretty much a fundamentalist. But, you know, there are some things that maybe we need to reevaluate and say, is this scriptural? Is this right? I don't know that I have an example of 500 years, but I can definitely give you some examples of 50 years, especially the denomination that I'm part of. Right. Yeah. There's a time where my denomination condones slavery as if it were biblical. And it's absolutely not biblical and absolutely not scriptural whatsoever. Um, and my denomination has had to come to terms with that and make some changes. And it's 2021 and they're still working on things like that. There's questions right now in the uh, in the the conference there about uh, that word I you know I read but don't I've never said pol- polarity polity polity but how our church is how our denomination is is controlled our denomination is controlled from the bottom up not from the top down and there's some questions about that because. If they're controlled from the bottom up, the membership of our denomination is asking our leaders at the top to be completely transparent to outside people, a hundred million percent transparent. And they're not sure they want to do that because it might expose some things. And they're afraid that it might open them up to liabilities and things, but the people don't seem to worry about the liabilities. They're worried about the sin. And anyways, Again, that could be a whole other subject right there, but it is right. important that we evaluate our beliefs and how things are, are done. And sometimes we do have to change some beliefs. I don't think we ought to leave Scripture, um, but I think that sometimes the church as a whole has been wrong, and we've carried wrong beliefs, and that sometimes there has to be some correction for that. Um, we mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier about Peter and Paul disagreeing on things. There was some stuff that Peter was wrong about. And he had to come to terms about that, and he did. Um, so that's that's important too. Sometimes you got to do the hard things. Man, yeah, I I'm sitting here thinking. Um, I was listening to another podcast on my 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 way home, and I'm gonna have to. I just looked to see if the transcript was available online yet, and it's not. I'm going to have to look and um, listen to it and maybe transcribe it just so I can send it to you. He spent, I don't know, the last 10 minutes of the podcast talking about this this very specific thing, right? How culture and Christianity 
and all of the things that have gone on over the last, well, 500 years, um, and how it's just, you'd be surprised at how, um, he even says at one point, if Christianity is changing to fit the culture, then it's not Christianity. It's paganism. Um, it's yeah. It I'm, I'll look it look it up and and transcribe it and maybe you can throw a link to it on the on the the description so of the podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, and send to me anyway. I'm looking for some new podcasts to listen to. I've got several in rotation, uh, but I feel like a lot of podcasters aren't putting out as many new episodes recently. Maybe I'm just listening more often. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I think, uh, and it, it doesn't help that you know we've done a, a good job of staying on track with a, a weekly recording. Not everybody does that. <laughs> Well, apparently I didn't get last week's uploaded yet. So after I'm done with this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, that the listeners are okay with that. Um, guys, we, we appreciate y'all joining us. I don't know what more that we can say other than discipleship is important. Right. And, and discipleship is more than just um, getting someone to claim Christianity right? It's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's different. Um, so yeah, Matt, do you have any final words? The churches I've been a part of that focused on building disciples have been the most successful reaching people for Jesus churches, not necessarily the largest, but definitely the most successful reaching people for Jesus churches. So, yeah, I agree uh, with the author and with you here that that is a super duper important thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of the podcast. Thank you all very much for listening.